Too many leaders lead for validation, not impact, for what they can get out of it more than what they can give to it. Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm obsessed with how leaders grow and develop, and I too have insecure moments. We all do. Glad you're here with me now on the Sight Shift Podcast so you can learn how to lead for impact, not validation. Welcome to Lead for Impact Session 7. Too many leaders are leading for validation, not impact. Why? Because we have insecurities. We don't know who we are. Hi, I'm Chris. I want more power. I want you to like me. I want you to think I'm doing a good job. Uh, Sometimes I lie. Sometimes I make myself sound better than I am. These are all things that I do. Every leader I know, every leader I've ever worked with has insecurities at different levels. We all do. And when you know yourself, when you know who you are and where you are and why you're there, that's self-mastery. And you can start to lead for impact, not validation. The reason we don't is because we don't know ourselves. And we avoid the one key that opens us up for self-knowledge more than anything else. It's our why, our motive. Our motive, connected to the word motivation, it's our deepest desires. It's our want. It's what we actually want more than anything else. And when I become the kind of leader who is very aware of my motive, I can become a leader who leads for impact. Impact equals action plus motive. So we're diving into motive. And paradoxically, what is so true about our growth and our transformation and understanding our motive is something that is so often discouraged in leadership development. And it's this, to actually look at your doubts, to understand the doubts you have about who you are, to stare at those doubts, because those doubts are where you grow. When I learn to pay attention to my doubts so that they don't wield power over me, and that I don't lead to get my doubts comforted, which is what most people are doing, and they don't even know the doubt that's there at a deep level, then I become a leader of impact. I'm 51% here for you, not me. Now, I'm going to walk you through what it means to really understand your motives. Of course, we've shared with you, and you can take our IFQ, our Identity Fear Quotient, where you're going to get a deep understanding about your doubts. You're going to get a data-based view on those doubts. But as we walk through this understanding of of doubts and motives, I've got to get you to see how big this is in our world today and how it's affecting us so much. In a way, everyone is still stuck in puberty. Here's the thing. Adolescence isn't in nature. Now, as I break this big idea down, I'm going to make it very real to your daily life. But hang with me for a second. Adolescence isn't in nature. You don't have a long period of time where in nature... um, the animal is trying to find itself. It's not like the mama bird pushes the baby bird out of the nest and says, hey, take a few years to find your... Well, you don't have that kind of time. Actually, at an event one time, uh, somebody spoke up and said, well, hey, you know, we're raising a dog at home and that dog clearly had a long period of adolescence. Somebody else spoke up at the event and go and said, yeah, but if that dog was raised by other dogs, it wouldn't have had that long of a period. Bingo, bingo. Now, Am I saying that adolescence isn't real? No. Am I saying that puberty isn't real? I am absolutely not saying that. Let me tell you, uh, you know, this year my daughters will be 21, 19, and 18. I have walked through that. Yes, I've been to it myself too. I remember you lose your mind for a bit, right? There's a lot that happens in your brain chemically. It's washed in all these hormones. All these changes occur. And, and societies have known that for thousands of years, that yes, there is a period of time where you really do struggle 
It is a real struggle. But what did societies do all over the planet that weren't even connected for thousands of years? They gave you a ritual to shift your identity. So you would go through some kind of experience over a multi-day period, go sleep in the cave, kill the bear, come back, go into teepee, a girl, come out a woman, whatever. All of these things that would happen to take you through a place of transformation to bolt down what was happening in you so that you could have this identity shift and know now you've changed. This is who you are, where you are, and why you're here. Well, what happened was 120 years or so ago in society, we brought adolescence into society as a way of saying you have this multi-year period now to find yourself. And, and yeah, there is a, a multi-year period where things are shifting like crazy, but rather than giving an identity shift through a ritual that protects you and all that, we said, here, just wallow in it for a few years. Just go, go find yourself. Well, then we lengthened it. And we said, yeah, it's not really this like 13 to 15. It's like 13 to 18. So it's high school. So now you got to take junior high, high school to find yourself. Let me ask you this. Is it working? Is it working? Because we've lengthened it again, actually two more times. We lengthened it through college also. In our lifetimes, we've lengthened adolescence through college. Take time, find yourself. Let me ask you again. Is it working? If you met an 18-year-old in 1880, were you meeting an adult? you were meeting an adult. If you meet an 18-year-old in the year 2023 when I record this, are you meeting an adult? No, you're probably not meeting an adult. Is it working? No, it isn't working. The mental health suffering is off the charts. Like, go look into the eyes of kids at this age. I'm just bringing the data. I'm just bringing the awareness. Lengthening Introducing adolescence and then continually lengthening it has not worked. Why? Because we've created this lie. And this lie really has two dimensions to it. This lie is that you're going to eventually perfectly find yourself. Does that ever happen? Are you done finding yourself? I'm not done finding myself. The minute I'm done finding myself, no curiosity, no growth, no expansion, no discovery... I'm moving to dread, I'm moving to anger, and I'm moving to bitterness. I want to stay curious and hungry. I want to stay aware. I want to keep growing and learning. So we've set up this lie that you're going to actually reach some point that you're going to find yourself. Uh, we've also set up this other lie that if we just lengthen the time, eventually it'll fix itself and work itself out. And it doesn't. It needs to be compressed. It needs to be the other direction. Now, what does this have to do with you and work? and your leadership environment, or the environment you're building with your team. Here's what it has everything to do with. We have created, just like out of mindfulness and empathy, a value that is a great starting point, but a terrible ending point, out of psychological safety. We've taken psychological safety and said, this, this is the high watermark of a healthy culture. It's got to be psychologically safe. And we've made a bad ending point out of a good starting point. The point isn't psychological safety for psychological safety's sake. The point is psychological safety so we can make mistakes, so we can grow, so we can learn. The point of having a junior high, high school, college period, and by the way, American Psychological Association, I remember hearing this, lengthened adolescence to 25 years old. This is why so many companies are having, so many companies are having to grow people up when they come into the workforce. The point of this time period is to make mistakes, to get better, 
to feel the feedback of real results, not to have some time period where there are no consequences to your actions and you could just do whatever you need to do to find yourself. That sets you up for an open-ended experience, which is what's happening with millennials and Zoomers now, where they take a little part of their identity that is in uh, you know, a fluid state at that time and they're making that all of their identity and they're putting all this pressure on themselves to have all this figured out. And so they have nothing to sacrifice for. They don't have anything with real results on the line where they've got to use psychological safety to grow. There's no place they're pursuing greatness. There's no place that they're trying to get better. And so then they come into the workforce. So if you are making psychological safety the end point, no. Psychological safety is here so you can make a mistake and grow and get better. We're okay with mistakes in this environment here at this team, at this company, in this organization. That's a leader who leads for impact, not validation. They're not trying to feel better about the environment they build. They're building an environment that actually makes people better. Now, you're going to have people that make mistakes. What do you do when they make mistakes? You let them know, parent or company, whatever, lead for impact, not validation. Hey, listen, I'm glad you're on the team. I'm glad you're in this family. I delight in who you are. I'm going to be very demanding of what I expect in your performance. I don't expect perfection. I expect growth. I expect curiosity. I expect you to be the kind of leader who leads in such a way that you want to learn and grow. When you're a leader who leads with the right action and the right, right motive, you're not coddling people into a victim mindset. You're actually letting them face and feel real results to grow. Let's say they made a $20,000 mistake. Then you say to them, hey, glad you're here. Here's the mistake. Are we agreed upon that? Let them volunteer the mistake, whatever. How do we not have that happen again? Okay, we're going to chalk this $20,000 up. It's like we gave you a car. That's the investment we've made in you. We've given you a car. Give it a concrete way for them to understand the lesson. The doubts that they feel about who they are, that's good. That's growth. The doubts you feel about who you are, all of the doubts are the training ground. They're how you root out the rot. They're how you train yourself to continually bring a secure motive to leadership. That in humility, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. That's my motive because I've already worked through my doubts. I haven't perfectly mastered them. In fact, I feel them. I'm not at a place I never feel doubts. I'm going to feel doubts later today in meetings. I'm going to feel doubts tomorrow. I'm going to feel doubts this weekend. I don't want to panic or be afraid when I feel a doubt. I notice the doubt. What do I do? I come back to leading for impact, not validation. I look at what I'm valuing. I don't want to bring a value into this to get what I want comforted. So what's the right action with the right motive? When you have this kind of framework for building leaders, you really do take it to the nth degree. I'm not just trying to help people become mindful. I'm helping them get a mindset upgrade. I'm not just trying to build empathetic connections. That's good. I'm trying to get them to mercy-based action. I'm not just trying to create psychological safety. I'm trying to create real growth, real growth. We have set the standard so low. We have set the standard so low. I mean, I think about this with parenting and I'll apply it to your leadership. It's like with parenting, you know, so many people, they have a B desire for their kids. It's like they don't want the C desire. I don't want them to go to jail. <laughs> I don't want them to live a life of crime. The B desire. I want them to find a job and be successful and make money. There's an A level desire that most aren't even thinking about. I want them to know who they are, where they are, and why they're there. That they show up with this 
self-awareness, this mastery, that they are possessed with healthy desires, not trying to get their doubts comforted, but solid motive as they take right action and build a life of impact. That's an A-level desire. And that's the way you want to think about your team or your company. You are not just running your company to run your business. You are being in a place that you can actually impact others. How can you have an A-level desire for those on your team? How can you f keep in focus the long-range view? I want to help them become the leader they were meant to become and develop leaders who develop other leaders. Why are you going to get there? You need problems in your life that create doubts about who you are because that's the training ground to develop a more secure you. You need circumstances that feel humiliating so that you learn you don't have to feel humiliated in the circumstance, but the circumstance is really developing humility. I mean, I find things that are in my life that aren't going like I thought, and visions very often don't. Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth. I find places in my life where I could feel humiliated, and I might for a moment. And I go, okay, the point isn't my validation. The point is the impact I make. You need an identity shift. You need an identity shift to be set free from this. The whole world needs an identity shift. All the people suffering right now that are 24 and 25 years old that have been told you should be able to find yourself by now. What's your problem? And they need to get the relief that you're never really going to find yourself. But that doesn't mean you stay in a period of uh, no consequences for decades and decades and decades. You need real consequences. And we could not give the current Zoomers and Millennials this identity shift because we didn't have it. And we're stuck with our frame and view of the world. We think we've surveyed the world. We've lost our curiosity. We've lost our edge. So what are we going to do about it? We're going to lead for impact, not validation. We're going to learn about our values. We're going to pay attention to the actions we're taking. We're going to study our doubts so we can get an awareness around our motives. And the workbook or the book has the doubts about who you are that you can go through. You can take our IFQ and get a precise, aware, accurate view of your doubts. And I'm not bringing you into those doubts so that you feel pain, but it's so in the circumstances where you might feel humility or humiliated, you could actually develop humility and become that leader of impact. And as we take this step together to become the leaders who lead for impact, we're going to learn. We get to change lives. That's what's next in session eight. Join me there. There's always more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T Shift.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode. There's always more for you at SightShift, S-I-G-H-T Shift.com to be the leader you were meant to be.